Sontag. Party on, Sal. Rock on. Rock on. Well, welcome back, podcasters, to another episode of the Party on Johncast, the most excellent, tubular, most awesome podcast about theology, uh, relevant topics, what we're drinking, music, um, and just otherwise good old-fashioned fun topics. Mm. Uh, I'm Reverend Sal Sarmarco, uh, an ordained teaching elder in the Presbyterian Church of USA uh, in the Validated Ministry of Chaplaincy. And I am uh, Reverend Todd Laddick. Um, I am an ordained elder uh, in the United Methodist Church of Greater New Jersey, serving a congregation in New New Jersey, formerly on higher ground from Sal. The only higher ground I give them until January 1st. Which we've already hit. That's right. <laughs> As of this recording. We'll go into that later. <laughs> More on that later. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, as you can all tell, we're not recording this on January, January 1st. That would be uh, crazy because it drops literally at midnight on New Year's. So, um, uh, so we are pre-recording this, but, uh, but Sal and I, uh, you know, uh, we're going to rock this out and Sal's got some stuff to share with us. I'm sure, uh, beyond just what he's drinking, but that does my friend bring us into our Hebrews segment. Uh, Hey Todd, how does, how does Moses do his coffee? How? He brews it. Oh, I changed it up a little bit this time. You did. New year, new joke. He brews it. That is awesome. (laughs) And yet still still bad. bad. (laughs) Oh, but it's a new kind of bad. It's a new bad. So what are you drinking over there? New year, new bad. Uh, I am drinking Sailor Jerry. Spiced rum. Mm. Maybe I do need to turn the light on because I can't see. Sal was trying to avoid the halo over his head, but... <laughs> you know, I am Presbyterian, so... Sailor Jerry's the original Sailor Jerry Spiced Rum. Caribbean rum with spice, caramel, and other natural flavors. Bold, smooth, and 92 proof. Ooh, 92 proof. So it's no joke of a... That's Sailor, right. I've actually had the Sailor Jerry. Was it from that bottle or is that a new bottle? Uh, no, this I've actually had this bottle since the weekend of uh, Allison and I's wedding. Uh, had had yeah. a friend who has since unfriended me on Facebook because of hair Trump. Um, hair bought Trump. The, <laughs> <laughs> um, bought oh, the bottle because he mentioned his girlfriend liked uh, rum and coke, so I bought a bottle of rum, and she didn't want to drink. So he and I just sipped on rum all night. I happen to know that friend who unfriended me too, but that's okay. Uh, oh. Actually, because of Hair Trump. There's a theme there. There is um, a theme. But but Sailor Jerry's, I've, I've actually had Sailor Jer- Jerry's because I've actually drank from that very bottle that you're pouring. Yep. I mean, I didn't I, literally drink out of it or drool into it, but I poured a glass. <laughs> and I've got my fancy leaning bourbon uh, nice. glass. Nice, nice. But it, yeah, it, it is actually for being 92 proof. Um, that's how you know not, it's very smooth it's not top shelf it's not bottom shelf it's somewhere in the middle it was about you know 40 or 50 bucks for the bottle mid-range it's very yeah. very very smooth well that's how you know sal is getting serious about his bourbon he now has 
he now has uh, bourbon glasses. Um, and uh, yeah. yeah, how is it? It's good. Very smooth. And it, I, the reason that, <clears throat> oop, I said his name. Oh, well. Uh, reason that we drank almost half the bottle in two hours is it's so smooth. You, you can, there's no like burn when you drink it. Mm. It is really smooth. It is smooth. So, it's good. So, um, thank God there's 455 billion of name out there. Yes. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, that brings me to what I'm drinking. What are you drinking? Tom? And um, normally I would have a better quality than this, though this isn't bad quality. It's just, um, you know, standard. Um, but I, I would love a Grey Goose or something like that. But I am drinking vodka on ice. My vodka happens to be uh, Smirnoff, uh, which is your standard decent mm-hmm. vodka. You know, nothing too top shelf, but definitely not bottom shelf. Um, but... Uh, but the reason I have smeared off is because uh, my wife wanted to make uh, vodka sauce. And uh, I was like, she was trying to get me to go to the <laughs> liquor store. I'm like, no, you can go. To, you go get it. <laughs> so she picked Smirnoff. <laughs> so, which, you know, if you're making vodka sauce, you don't necessarily want to be paying, fronting the money for Grey Goose or something like that to throw into a sauce. So Smirnoff yeah. was the right choice. Probably yeah. could have gone cheaper for the sauce, actually. But yeah. I actually have a uh, small bottle of uh, um, craft vodka out there. Maybe I'll try that next time from mm. Tannersville Distillery. Ooh, I like um, I like a number of like I like Grey Goose. Actually, if you want to get um, a more cheap Grey Goose, uh, Pinnacle's actually really good. Um, that it's also made in France, and um, just like Grey Goose or. Is Grey Goose France? Yes, yes. Grey Goose is France. Um, so uh, it's made in France, um, but it's uh, slightly cheaper in price. Uh, but I also like Tito's. Uh, Tito's is really, really good that's, vodka as well. Yeah, they've that's really exploded around here. Yes, it has. Yep. So handcrafted vodka. Handcrafted vodka. Yep. Uh, hopefully, they're not wringing out the potatoes, but. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's what I'm drinking. A nice, good. Stiff, fresh. There's something about vodka on ice, by the way, that like vodka, like isn't like a harsh drink even straight. But when you put it on ice, like it chills and like becomes crisp and clean tasting. It's very like I don't know, refreshing actually for a hard liquor. I, I wouldn't necessarily drink a bourbon and say, "Oh, that was refreshing." <laughs> you know, enjoyable, yeah, but not refreshing. I don't think I've ever had really just drank vodka other than a martini. Oh, no, oh, that's a crime. And a uh, actually, the, of the martinis I've had, I've actually preferred um, gin. No, actually, oh. tequila martini. Oh. Okay. Never had a tequila martini. I went, we went out for dinner at a fancy Italian restaurant here in West Milford and they had a, it wasn't Jose Cuervo. It was like a 1892, like a more expensive tequila. Mm-hmm. It was a tequila martini. Interesting. Um, I am not a fan of vodka martinis because I love the extra dry juniper berry flavor of gin with a martini. Uh, so that's the way I get my martinis. Never tried a tequila, so I can't I can't speak on a tequila martini. But uh, 
but vodka martini, uh, not necessarily my thing. But you should try sometime with your handcraft or with your uh, craft uh, uh, vodka. You should try uh, just putting some ice into a glass and let it like let it mellow out a little bit and just it, it is a refreshing drink. Um, does the opposite effect uh, effect of actually refreshing you, but it feels refreshing. Feels refreshing. Yeah, yeah. So. All right. Well, that is our Hebrews statement or segment. Segment. But uh, you did make a new statement out of it. So I did. Um, okay. So that leads us to our most excellent music segment. Normal edition. Normal edition. <laughs> Without a guest edition. That's, our, that's right. We're starting the new year uh, going back to our roots. Yeah, so. and what's cool about that actually is um, last year – well, last year uh, – the last time we did an anniversary edition uh, when we, were, we had completed our first year, we had talked about all of the different guests we um, wanted to bring on. But I don't think you and I ever expected to bring on the sheer amount of guests we have, no. <clears throat> let alone have repeat <laughs> guests. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of uh, it's always fun to have a guest on, but it's kind of neat to go back to the roots as well and just kind of chill. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you want to go first since I did the Hebrew segment first? So- sounds good. Um, so uh, I have been now again. We're pre-recording. Um, but this is actually appropriate to the time we're in. Uh, I've been listening to the soundtrack to the Nativity Story. Have you ever seen the Nativity Story? Uh, yeah, is that the one with uh, Oscar Isaacs? Yes, yes, yep. yes. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I've up, well up until this year, I've always shown that uh, as Faith on Film. Okay, work. right. And and, and uh, Sal knows, and anybody who's seen this knows, it is a pretty darn awesome. Uh, it's a really that's probably I think it's one of the best nativity films absolutely absolutely uh including the nativity scenes that they show in the regular Jesus movies this one just this one just captures the heart and soul of what mm-hmm. was going on in that time and yeah it blends it together it's it doesn't dif- differentiate between Luke and Matthew um but it doesn't have to it really <clears throat> pulls the heart and soul of those elements together into a story that tells you of the nativity um as accurately as i think they could on film so um and the oh. sets right down to the sets uh the the um <clears throat> just just the time he was born in what it would have been like to be Mary <laughs> in that situation um or Joseph for that matter they really give Joseph of his due which do. rarely ever gets done and um you see uh oscar isaac before he becomes poe dameron from star that, wars that's right this is this is uh this is one of oscar, his early firms this is oscar mm-hmm. isaac's uh at, you know at the beginning of his career of what has become a storied career between being in robin hood and uh and then obviously star wars and all the other things he's done in between yeah he's, yeah he's a great actor so um so the song I'm picking, well, I'm picking the whole soundtrack because the soundtrack is beautiful. And you know what? It's still close enough to Christmas that you can listen to it and not feel ashamed. Um, 
I mean, heck, if we can start listening to Christmas music at the beginning of November, we can start listening to Christmas music a little after December. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so the song I'm picking uh, off of this album is called In Rosa Vernat Lilium, which is Latin for uh, what I believe to be Unto Rose Lily of Spring. Um, it's The Latin doesn't, you know, if I go on to Google Translate... Um, uh, it doesn't necessarily translate it perfectly, and I was researching any f- form of translation of that and couldn't really find any. But in can mean unto, uh, which is the only thing that would make sense with the rest of it. Obviously, rose, Rosa is rose, Vernat is spring, and uh, Lilium is lily. So put, <laughs> put that together, and I think I think my rough uh, non-scholarly translation of that Latin is unto rose, lily of spring, which makes sense because now the Savior has been born. It's toward the end. The Savior has been born, and it starts off like integrating – um the uh uh oh, what is it the um coventry carol it inter- it integrates the coventry carol into the song so it's it's clearly at the time when herod in the movie where herod is about to send the um the people or send the soldiers to kill uh anybody 2 years and younger all ch- male children 2 years and younger and so when you add that into the context of the song, here's this, the rose being Mary, who gave birth to the lily of spring, Jesus, um, and thus starts his life, which is going to be a life of um, really hardship, conflict, and uh, yet out of that life comes the hope of eternity, which is the symbol of a lily. So it's 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 uh, it's a it's a beautiful piece. Um, it's an all male choir with a boy soprano uh, and it is just glorious. So that's my choice. Nice. <clears throat> Good choice. Thank you. How you, you just remind me because I've been listening to two things a, a lot lately. Uh, one is because we are recording this uh, in during Advent. So. Uh, uh, the, there's an excellent, I've mentioned it before and I've heard it mentioned on other podcasts as well. Um, Andrew Peterson, who's just a great uh, writer, very reformed in his theology, has an album called Behold the Lamb of God, mm. which um, <clears throat> takes us from um, Passover all the way through the Nativity. Um, so it's, ba- it's basically an Advent um so there's two songs on that one is deliver us um and um one i've been listening to a lot is labor of love which is about how uh (laughs) it wouldn't have been a silent night that night because mary uh, as a young woman with and having seen what my wife went through in 30 hours of labor um, nothing silent about it nothing silent (laughs) about that no 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 um so check it out if you want. It's an awesome album. But the one I'm going to talk about is, uh, <clears throat> I don't know if you know the band Love and Death. Mm-hmm. Love and Death, it's um, <clears throat> Brian Welch from Corn. From Corn, right. It's his, uh, <clears throat> his side project. Yep. Um, around the time that he left Corn the first time, uh, not too long after that, when he got clean, he uh, became a born-again Christian. I don't necessarily agree with his theology. Baptized in the Jordan River, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so, yeah. yeah. But he he got involved early on with um, the whole Bethel Pentecostal um, 
Yeah. What's that guy's name? White, something white with the dreads. Like the whole like theology of like glory clouds and yeah. praying over graves and, you know, <clears throat> miraculous healings. Um, but, God bless them. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know. So, but Love and Death was kind of his Christian side project. So they finally have a second album coming out in February. So they released the first single off of it, which is called Down. Ah. Uh, and I will read you the lyrics. Let me pull them up. Uh, and it kind of, kind of made me think of um, of New Year. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> down, down, buried beneath. I feel like I'm running out of time. Running out of time. Down, down, make me believe. I want you to show me I'm alive. Uh, I've seen the slow disaster wreckage of my life, silence before and nothing after, echoing inside. I confess I lied for this. I died for this, uh, repeats the chorus. And then it says, I am a sole survivor of self-inflicted wounds. Shadows hide the dying embers, burning out too soon. And it goes back to the chorus of... uh, I feel like I'm running out of, out of time. Uh, show me I'm alive. Mm. Show me I'm alive. So it's a very raw. I'll, I'll we'll post the the music video in the notes. It's a very heavy, awesome sound. So yeah, uh, um, and you know, all jokes aside about glory clouds and Pentecostal uh, theology, um, we're uh, at least I'll speak for myself. You know, very happy to hear anybody getting clean and coming to know Jesus Christ, no matter what, um, what variety of, uh, denomination they end up falling into. Uh, you know, he saved just like you or I, uh, we just have our theological disagreements, <laughs> theological differences. how you get there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, or, or what those, you know, like what, what it means to be filled with the Holy spirit, you know? And, and uh, yeah, I, I like his story because he did end up reconciling with corn and rejoining corn he was good friends with jonathan davis they've yes. re because he's he's re re what's the word reconciled reconciled yeah yep um and in the process uh monkey the bassist uh, came to christ yeah and the funny thing is is corn so so corn's in one of those weird places where they were completely non-christian secular band um, and their music, in terms of their music, they're still a secular band, but now they're like half Christian, <laughs> which is, which is, yep. you know, two, it's like <clears throat> two, uh, two fifths of the band is Christian. Yeah. Two fifths of the band. Right. Yeah. So it's like, um, so, you know, it's, it's power, it's a powerful witness to what Christ can do and, and to the non, um, Christian members of that band, including Jonathan Davis, they're very open and inclusive and accepting of their their friends and band members beliefs and yep. uh that's as it should be you know like yep. who knows what <laughs> plays in store for the rest of those band members but it doesn't matter because they they love each other despite yeah. their differences yeah and i and despite his our theological difference i i, I value because uh brian welch has even said because he got a lot of pushback from the christian community when he went back to corn of course and he said so he said well I'm doing what Jesus told us to do. I'm witnessing to Christ. I'm just doing it with a secular band because he gets more eyes on him with a secular band. Yeah. And they're his friends. Jesus didn't abandon his friends just because they... His family. Yeah. It's... it's, it's, Oh, Christians. Oh. Witness to the world, but don't hang out with those people. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Witness how judgmental you are just like the rest of the world, Um, which is not what the Christian message is. 
So, uh, awesome, awesome music choices. So that brings us into our main segment, um, which we will, we're just keeping it simple, keeping it real. Uh, we're going to discuss how the year ended for each of us, um, and then go into, um, we'll talk about how the year ended, how the new year is beginning, and uh, what our expectations and anticipations are um, for the new year, uh, 2021. Um, so yeah. Uh, who wants to, you want to go first, Sal, or do you want me to go first? I can go first. Sounds good. Um, Got the bigger news. Yeah, that's right. So the year is ending or has ended, uh, ended with, um, well, I have an eight month old boy. (laughs) Yes, you do. Who who is now, uh, going around the house, uh, quicker than, quicker than a speed racer. Yeah. Uh, crawling around, standing up, all that stuff. Um, it's funny because we, we've we been singing uh, all out for Christmas is my two front teeth, my two <laughs> front teeth, because his two front teeth are coming in. They're coming in. Yep. So I now have a teething baby. Oh, enjoy that. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's actually, he's such a well, be like well-mannered. Like he just, he, every morning he... Yes, like in the at night he wakes up crying and I pick him up and I comfort him and he goes right back to sleep. But as far as the teething, like he, you know, I saw on on Twitter our friend Drew, whose mm-hmm. uh, child was teething, and he's like, "How do you how do you handle this?" I'm like, I was expecting like chaos and like yeah. nonstop screaming. I was like, "No, smiling." Well, you'll have to report back to us in say uh, five or six more months when the molars and all of that start coming in. <laughs> See how, see how that goes but for Very now true. uh he's handling it like a true stoic like a, calvinist like a true stoic calvinist yes um, and drilling accepting over god's area. sovereign will and accepting saying, his place yeah that it was uh predestined before the beginning of time that this was meant to happen absolutely absolutely yep um so that's cool uh the other thing that happened is uh, i'm ending ending the year uh, with a rather big transition, um, after seven and a half years of being either a chaplain or director of mission and pastoral care at my uh, nursing community, nursing uh, retirement community, uh, I have uh, stepped down from that position uh, and have taken on the role of hospice chaplain with a local hospice chaplain. It's part of a nationwide company, but it's local to northern New Jersey. So covering um, the three <clears throat> the three northwestern counties of New Jersey, Sussex, Passaic, and Morris. For those who are in New Jersey, for those who aren't New Jersey, you're like, yeah, whatever. I don't know what that means. Um, take a look at the map, and it's basically the the upper left nor- northwestern corner of the state, um, including where I currently am uh, in Newton. So. <clears throat> Todd will occasionally have higher ground than me, but not, not Dep- depending on where you are. Right. That's right. That's right. Depending where you are that day. Um, so it's a position with hospice when hospice is of, of, of the healthcare facilities. Hospice is, is actually required and mandated by uh, CMS and Medicaid to have chaplains on staff. That's right. So um, uh, <clears throat> I was reading, you know, Put my resume in thinking, ah, that's just a job. Turns out the person who coordinates the 
the chaplains and does the bereavement counseling. Uh, was doing his CP when I was a per diem at the hospital. And so he remembered me and how much I had helped teach him. Uh, oh, wow. So went for the interview, uh, went early to catch up with him. And he said, listen, basically um, we have five other candidates who we are not going to call because we want you. We know your character. We know your work. We know you're a good chaplain. Uh, <clears throat> so he said, basically the job is yours. And if you're willing to do bereavement counseling and bereavement coordinating, um, when I retired a year and a half, uh, that job is yours too. Oh, so this person's retiring. So he's retiring this in a year like and a half. like a second career type, type deal. Yeah. 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 Wow. So it's kind of a similar situation I had to when I went and started, uh, with Todd. Well, that facility, um, <laughs> where, uh, where someone was leaving and I was able to move up in the position. Awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, well, congratulations on that, man. Thank you. And it's, it, it's an opportunity that's more money. It's a, a more regular schedule. Uh, no on call. My current position as I'm the solo chaplain for a 250. Oh, you're not going to be on call. Not going to be on call. Oh, that's great. Because that's, you know, I was trying to figure that out because you're, you're, uh, you were saying how, like, you know, you'll have your weekends for your family. And I was thinking to myself, but this is hospice, like, <laughs> like so, by nature, right? Like, yep. uh, so, okay, so that works. So basically, what I was told is a lot of the social workers handle the over the weekend stuff, unless I'm, you know, unless I'm specifically requested yeah. uh, on a weekend. Um, I spoke to a hospice chaplain who, who's a meth, local Methodist works for a local, another local company. I she know. Says, yep. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. says over the two years she's been there, she's maybe been called on the weekends seven times yeah. out of two years, Yeah. which, and that's a bonus for me because being the solo pastoral caregiver for a 250 bed facility, I'm constantly on call. Uh, the last, as, as Todd would know, the last, you know, the last month alone, I've been, called in every weekend um well yeah um i'll get into my end of that on uh, a little bit but but um i do know that that particular role of um director of mission and pastoral care was supposed to start off as being a solo full-time role that Mm -hmm. grew to expand to have um you know, associate uh, chaplains to help out because as the, that role is so administrative mm-hmm. that it leaves little time. If, if you're going to put in the time you're supposed to be putting in, you know, it, salaried people always put in more than 40 hours, but you know, you anywhere between 40 and 60 hours a week, um, uh, give or take on, on, on a salaried position. If you put that time in, uh, most of it is going to be taken up by administrative work. And so, so the, the idea was, you know, that's why you're the director of mission and pastoral care. So you can direct the associate chaplains to, to have a more vibrant, but instead that never expanded at that particular, um, uh, uh, organization. And it was a solo, uh, chaplain job where you're not only doing 40 to 60 hours of, um, you know, administrative stuff, administrative stuff. You're throwing in the chaplaincy end you're of doing, it too. You're doing another twenty to 40, thirty hours of chaplaincy, right, right, um, right, right. And it and unfortunately the the and Todd knows him. The gentleman who was the corporate director of that program mm-hmm. did such a good job instilling chaplaincy into the the program into the company 
got a chaplain in all of the full service buildings. Um, yeah. Uh, met all his goals for his five-year plan and then was told, oh, you did so well, you worked yourself out of a job. Adios. Yeah. Adios. And so for the last three years, uh, chaplains have had no uh, direction from home office. Um, it's been a and- nightmare. A nightmare. And while the and the, while the company still and the CEO still li- likes to say we're proud to be a faith based community, there's been no hope, no cohort, cohort meetings for the chaplains. There's been no support from home office for the chaplains. Um, so, um, and I and, and no direction, like really. no direction. Just yeah. you, here, deal with you know. Yeah. Figure it out. Our crap. Figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, and by the way, you're here to support us, not us, you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly so yeah it's it's that's uh i mean honestly like uh as some i know somebody said to you it was a good run you did Mm -hmm. your absolute best there and people uh you served by and large for the most part appreciated it you know there's always one or two yeah who won't but um but you did what you could and now it's time for you to turn that page into a new season and uh i'm excited as hell um i I like the fact that while you're in morris and passaic county you'll be on lower ground than me uh (laughs) and then depending where you are in sussex county depends on whether you're on higher ground so at least at least um at least two-thirds of of your your coverage will be on lower ground for me so i still feel good you still feel uh, superior. Yes. Uh, well, not superior. I just divinely chosen. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll see about that. So yeah, I've 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 turned in my resignation. I begin uh, the fourth of January. Um, had to, and then you know, throw into the mix. I got another job interview offered today, which I had to turn down because I just took this job. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. So and I've and I've sent sent a letter to my boss and my, my boss has been understanding they he he's you know i've been clear with him the last year that i wasn't happy and i'm looking so but i did send a letter to home office that basically said i you know i in good conscience i can no longer stay and for for a company that prides itself on being faith-based uh the people you have tasked to um guide and oversee that vision and mission uh, you have left um, unsupported and unvalidated. So, right, right. And truth, so. truth be told, while the one person you're speaking of, uh, your boss, is a very wonderful person and has been supportive of you, think you by and large, I think, to the best that he can be. Yep. Um, but the this is a systemic thing. This isn't about um, any one person's leadership. Um, and no matter how supportive one person might be of you, when the whole system is unsupportive, it's just the yeah. way it's going. Yeah. yeah, that's and that's what I, I wrote in my letter to the home office that I've been on record multiple times that there's dysfunction in this system and it's not being addressed. And I, in good conscience, can no longer stay neutral. Yeah. So makes, rather makes than ele- rather than drop boundaries and become part of the problem, I'm gonna step out. Yeah. So makes sense. It's, it's the right time for you. So that's how the year ended. Uh, how year did ended. it? How did? How is it beginning for you now? Uh, obviously, so the new job. It's beginning with a new job, which is uh, um, my office will be my Jeep for the most part. Not a but bad again, office, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which means I got to start looking for a new Jeep. 
eventually. Yep. Yep. Um, but it's, it's starting off pretty positive. I've got an almost one year old child and excited to see what happens with, with Calvin and, you know, pretty looking forward to the future with Calvin. And, you know, if, if, if Calvin gets a sibling possibly, um, that would be awesome. That's a hope for the new year as a sibling for Calvin. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen, which is part of what we'll get into later in the episode. Yes, um, right, right, right. About expectations and reality. Um, but yeah, so looking to more time with my family, uh, being able to do things, you know, take Calvin for Jeep rides on the weekend and yeah, cool. The snow, playing in the foot of snow we have outside. We're going to have to coordinate now a little more strategically when we go to Tainam Fet. That's right. Because that, that tradition has to carry on. Or we can meet at the one in, where's the other one? There's another one. In, uh, they have another location. Oh, in, in Rockaway. Rockaway. Yeah, we could meet in, We could meet there too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that tradition definitely has to carry on. Yep. I've actually never been to the one in Rockaway, so I'd be interested to to give that one a go. Never been to the Rockaway one. That tradition will carry on. I'm looking forward to, uh, uh, well, uh, when this airs, it'll be last weekend, but this coming weekend. I was going to say, we forgot how the year is ending for you. One one very important thing. Right. How about that? I'm getting getting more uh, sleeve work um, with Amanda, who we've had on our podcast before. Absolutely. We got to get her back on. Yeah. So, you know, when this whole pandemic thing, or if she zooms, she probably zooms. That's right. She doesn't anymore. Um, so we're going to sit down with her on Sunday and uh, getting getting um, Johnny Depp's version of Mad Hatter on my left arm. We just got to figure out where we put it because, you know, she said to be as lifelike as possible. She's got to take up a lot of my arm. So yeah. I have to figure out if uh, I'm willing to sacrifice some of my forearm or do the upper arm. Yeah. Wait, what's this? Did I just pour myself a little more? <laughs> oh, I can go a little more generous than that. There we go. <laughs> I'm pouring a little bit more rum. You think this is generous? Oh, that's very generous. <laughs> I'm all about generosity during this time of year. You know, you got to live what you preach. That's right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's a that's a tattoo that will probably take more than one sitting. So that's. I'm excited, man. I can't wait. And I can't wait to see. So you're getting that done Sunday, Mm -hmm. which would be December 20th. Yeah, 20th. Awesome. So that's your story and you're sticking to it? Sticking to it. So that brings me to my story. Um, (laughs) How am I ending the year? Um, Well, I don't have any big transitions, so to speak. I almost said transmission. I had to pause there. It's like transitions. Yeah. So, are you transitioning, Todd? I am transitioning um, from one word to the next. So uh, I don't have any big transitions like, you know, like. Um, like I do. Like you do where I'm where I'm leaving a job. And, and I'm in a situation that is different than Sal's. Sal is, a, um, is in the call system. Well, he, you're in a call system even within a, ch- a church setting if you were to take a church, but but you're in a call system definitely as an extension uh, minister. As a validated minister, right. I'm... Right. Um, oh, yeah, I'm using uh, Methodist terminology, sorry. So in the Presbyterian terminology, it's a, it's a validated ministry, uh, but within the Presbyterian system, it's a call system, so essentially, just like any corporate job, you have to find a job and be hired or offered the job before you can yeah. 
be ordained, but then unlike unlike uh, parish pastors, you're not installed. You just simply get a job. So. You get a job, and and then you re- you have to report every year what you're doing just to make what sure. And that the disadvantage to that, the advantage is I have a lot of freedom. Uh, the yep. disadvantage is uh, because I'm not called and installed, I don't have access to the very lucrative and very nice pension system. Yeah, that's a bummer. Um, that I mean, that really is a bummer. And I think uh, actually, uh, no, it may work the same way. I I, I don't want to say whether it does or not doesn't because I'm not sure. It actually, I think works. I don't know about the pension system. I think I think all clergy are in the pension system, to my knowledge, in the Methodist Church. But it does mess with medical benefits because, um, you know, is your job going to provide them for you, or you know, especially if you're half time. Now you didn't have that issue because you were full time, so your so uh, your place of employment provided them for you. When I was, um, when I was at at that facility, I was part-time there and part-time what they call half-time appointment at, at, at the church I was serving. There is no such thing as a half-time appointment. It just means that you serve the church for half the pay. And, uh, and that also allowed me to uh, free up my schedule a little bit to be able to pull off uh, the other side of things, but it was crazy. It was like, it ba- it sound knows this. It was basically like doing two full-time jobs, <laughs> no <it>. benefits, <laughs> which <laughs> literally no benefits. Yep. Which is what I was doing. Yep. Uh, when I was part time, I was part time there and doing per diem work at the hospital. And I was- you were doing the same thing uh, at that mm-hmm. time. Yeah, both of us were like, if you could have seen two crazy people running around together with like the like they had their heads <clears throat> chopped off. Um, I was actually technically doing three jobs because I was doing pulpit supply on top of all that. You d- you were also doing pulpit supply, but that's because that's because you're a glutton for punishment. I am. <laughs> and I wanted to. I want. Well, I wanted to show this Methodist how itinerancy was done. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, not quite like that, but, but, (laughs) but it's it's closer than what we call itinerancy. Um, but anyway, um, so in, in the itinerant system, uh, in the Methodist system, we have a bishop who appoints pastors to their, to wherever they are. So I don't have to go and apply for a job at a uh, church. Uh, I am appointed and whenever uh, the bishop sees fit, the bishop will move me from where I am to to another appointment. Uh, pastors can have a say in that. You can, if you feel like you're no longer effective at a min- in a ministry, or there's some other circumstance like like um, you you need to move closer to your family. I know somebody who who started off in the New York. Um, he lived in uh, Brooklyn, I believe, and he, he ended up being transferred down to Florida because uh, of family. You had to be closer to family. So that can happen too. But uh, but overall, the bishop has the final say, and the bishop places us in, in a church. Um, with that said, uh, so I, I don't have any big news to to really share in that in that regard. Um, so I'm ending <laughs> I'm ending the year looking back on uh everything that has happened from march onward i mean uh january and february were pretty quiet um february i went down to visit my my family um well this is important uh went to visit my family as i often do you know once i get past january um I have some free time, hopefully usually before Lent kicks in, and I'll take a week to go and visit my parents, who I don't get to see very often. They live uh, uh, many states away from me. Um, 
further south. So I went to visit them. And as it turned out, it was the last time I would ever get to see my grandfather alive. Um, hmm. He was doing well, 92. Well, he wasn't 90. He was 91 at the time. Uh, his birthday was in August. So in August, he's 92. Um, doing very well. Uh, and then one day, you know, he got up and looked normal, acted normal, did everything he normally does. And 12 hours later, he was dead. Uh, just died of natural causes, old age, heart decided it was done. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, and that was that. And I'm not laughing because it's funny. Um, I'm laughing because of the futility of life. Like, you know, like he, here was a strong man who looked like he had nothing wrong with him and, and truly physically had nothing wrong with him. But one day his heart said, yeah. nope. You know, he didn't have any real heart. I mean, he did have a pacemaker the last couple of years. Um, there was minor heart issues, but he didn't have any major um, yeah. heart issues. It was more to make sure the rhythm was, you know, he was getting uh, AFib or I don't know what it was. But uh, but at 92, you expect those types of things. He didn't have any clogged arteries. He didn't have any heart disease, so to speak. He was just old and the pacemaker was there to keep his heart, you know, acting normal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, one day he uh, just, you know, that was it. The heart decided I'm done. And um, unfortunately for my kids, uh, they didn't, you know, they haven't seen him for a year and a half. Uh, we were hoping to go down, um, you know, if the pandemic cleared itself out by the summer, maybe see them. Um, we weren't sure if that was going to work or not. Uh, still aren't sure if that would work or not. Um, but, you know, uh, unfortunately, they they weren't they haven't seen him for a year and a half and he passed away. So it was a, that was a shock to our family. Um, and I sound those because he covered me. I went down to be with my parents and support them during that time. There was no funeral um, because he, he was uh, he had, his plot is in a national uh, cemetery in Florida. Um, so his body got shipped down there and he didn't want any services or. Um, any much to do. There's going to be some celebration of life at some point, but uh, basically he got buried. Um, and yeah, so I just went down to be a support to my parents, help out, you know, lift my mom. It was my mom's dad, lift her spirits up. So, so that's, that's the biggest news I have for the ending of this year. But, but looking back on the year, I mean, from March onward, um, I can only describe this year uh, in one word. Um Hell, <laughs> this year was complete and utter hell. Right. Um, uh, you know, Sal and I, especially, um, and anybody who's a healthcare worker, anybody on the front lines, anybody dealing with, with, uh, you know, the, this pandemic in any sort of special way, knows that um, that this this year was one of the most challenging years, no, probably the most challenging year anybody can think of to be in ministry to lead a church or to to um, help people who are grieving. And you're not just helping people who are grieving from COVID deaths. You're, you're helping people who are grieving from isolation, from uh, uh, from other consequences of moral injury, pandemic. moral injury. Uh, I did a funeral um, in the spring, late spring um, for uh, a former youth's father who uh I say former youth being that she's no longer a youth. We're still very much connected. Um, there's no former about it, but, um, but she, you know, her father, her stepfather passed away 
uh, because he had some sort of stent or something put in him, a procedure put in him before the pandemic happened. And then a couple weeks later, everything shut down and that ended up staying in him two months longer than it should have and more than likely caused sepsis, which caused his death. <laughs> so, so he didn't die from COVID, but he died from COVID, you know, and, and so there's a lot of, a lot of those things that are, are, um, that we've had to deal with this year. Um, but with that said, um, you know, there's been some rewarding things that have come out of this as well. Uh, as much as it's a curse, the ability to use technology in new and exciting ways, um, you know, we, our, our Advent services, uh, and Christmas Eve service and all that were completely online. So um, that's never been done before, and uh, at, at this recording, I don't even know how that went <laughs> how that went over, but I'm hoping well. Yep. Um, so it, there's all, all of that, and then and then the uncertainty, you know, like uh, which is how I'm starting the new year. <laughs> uh, where does all of this go? Okay, you know, like I just heard a nurse. Um, nobody saw my eye roll, but. <laughs> But Sal, I just heard a nurse say, well, now that the vaccines are out, um, you know, now that the vaccines are out, you know, everything should be back to normal by April. And it's like, no, you're, you're a nurse. You know better than that. You know that they're going to they're going to phase this in. But we most of us won't have gotten the vaccine by April. Like, so, so we'll be lucky if we get it by April. But this is a certain person who's a Trump supporter. And, you know, like it's like it's like Trump over science. Uh, and I'm not trying to get political, but that's that's what this has been. It's like, you know, Trump over science. You know, I'm 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 in the I'm in the scientific profession, but I deny science. <laughs> I yeah. deny the very profession I'm in. You know, it's like the science of the very profession I'm in. So yeah. I, I, I don't know what to say about that. But there's so much uncertainty out there. We don't know where any of this is going. How does the church recover from this, Sal? Um, that's, you know, like like financially – uh, good news. Uh, we picked up some givers that weren't giving before because of the now the availability of online giving. We we now offer that as an option. There's some people who don't write checks um, who faithfully give who've been attending our church, but now they faithfully give because this is the way they feel comfortable giving, which I knew would happen. Right. But not enough of them to make up for the people who aren't giving because they're just not in church. Yeah, that's right. And, and no matter how many times you beg, mail, 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 mail your checks, you know, some, you know, some of the pledgers and, and some of the more faithful people do, but a lot of those people that would, if they were there, aren't giving. And so, like, how do we come back from that? And also, how do we come back to in-person worship when people now are comfortable with worshiping at home behind a TV yeah. set on their couch? Well, there's and there's some of our colleagues who are heralding this as the greatest invention for church since sliced bread because it's a new form of community. I think it's a supplement, supplemental community. Yeah, it's working for the time we're in, but it certainly doesn't replace in person. Like for me. Yeah, I don't think uh, Jesus ever said go and be go and be digital. Right. One of the go and be digital. Right. One of the greatest um, theological quandaries of my life was having to decide whether I was going to participate in online giving. And I'm still not happy with my decision. I, I still, you know, I chose to, and I think overall I chose for the right reasons. And I, I, I think it was good for the people 
to be able to at least feel that sa- sacramental communi- communion um, together because it was together on Zoom. We did, you know, it wasn't like we didn't see each other. Um, but, but it's just not the same. It's just not the same. And, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get comments from people going, oh, wow. You know, I, we were in person from September till November. Um, and I'll get people that say, oh, well, you know, uh, you know, we took communion right along with you when you were taking communion on Sunday. And I'm just like, uh, you know, right now we're still in that time. So it's, I, I don't feel terrible about it. But like, you know, that's going to continue. You know it will. Mm-hmm. And there's no way of stopping it. Like, you know, it's, it's uh, aside from don't stream your services, which we're not going to, I mean, I would rather stream my services and let them, let that be a risk, but I, I I don't know. I I I just, just, uh, I just did a puppet supply for a a mutual friend of ours, Todd, and they, I did it the first month, month, first Sunday of the month and oh, oh, you're doing communion. And I was, um, and I knew I was going to break my rule of not doing communion virtually, mm-hmm. but I'm, it, it's his congregation has already been doing it. Yeah. So I had my elements and it was, you know. And how did it feel to you? <laughs> I felt like I was doing a puppet show. Right? Like it's weird. I mean, weird. when you do it on Zoom, to give Zoom a little credit, um, you know, you have, you're everybody like I ho- have everybody hold the, the elements up, you know, and they're they're being blessed at the same time or taking it at the same time. That to me is is the best way to do it uh, if you're going to do it online, because it is an act of communion, an act of community, even though it's virtual. But it's still it's still not the same because you're not you're not sharing from the same loaf. You're sharing from, you know, however many people's loaves are, are, are there. I, I think Christ works in it, but it's just hard for me to get over it. Yeah, I don't feel physically in communion with anyone. Right, you're not physically in communion at all with anybody, and so I mean that's basically how my year ended and how it how it's beginning with uncertainty. I would say without beating you know the dead horse. Oh, oh by the way, before we go into anticipation, I too forgot something I'm ending the year with, which is a very awesome thing. The day before Sal gets his magnificent tattoo. How did we forget to bring these up? I don't know, man. The day before Sal gets his magnificent tattoo, I am going in December 18th. That's Saturday, a couple days away, going in to get yet another piece of my already uh, coming together sleeve. Uh, this, it, There's this and there's Jack Skellington and Sally, and then the rest is fill in. So, um fill in and touch-ups on in certain things so um this is coming together uh quite quite smoothly and um you know with uh with um uh yeah yeah it's just coming together smoothly so that, that's all it i can is. say to that uh i will say that my year has also ended with a high number of of funerals the amount of funerals i have had to do and sal knows this i just did two in one day <laughs> Yeah, the other day, uh, right be- the day before this, the big snowstorm. So it was uh, Wednesday, right? Yep. Yeah, or no, uh, Tuesday. On Tuesday, Tuesday. Uh, I did two 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 services in one day. I it, like the amount of services that I've had to do. Um, you know, has been uh, trying to say the least, and yep. I know that's the same on your end too, Sal. Same on my end. The, yeah, the, I, I remember we recorded our podcast with Bill in Hoboken mm-hmm. a couple of days before the whole lockdown started. Oh my God! Yeah, that's uh, right. But yeah, Hoboken cigars. That's right. Um, but yeah, I've 
<clears throat> unlike Todd, you know, I didn't start doing digital online church for my community until um, probably August. August, yeah, August. You had Todd to pull from on that because I had, had months of experience. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, and I, I started in August because that's when I took uh, maternity leave to be or paternity leave to be with right. Calvin for a month. So I had to do something to have chapel. So I just kept doing that from August, September, October, November, December. Uh, I don't stream it live. I, I just record it and throw it up on our, our in-house system. But never expected to become a content creator and do so much editing like this week this week alone i'm recording and editing five services between chapel services memorial services and christmas services Mm. um so that's new but yeah and to give you to give you guys a a kind of a schedule of what advent has been like on the church end of things and i know it's been just the same on sal's end of things because he's got to put those services together too uh, so just this week, we met on uh, Sunday, the 13th, to record the choir pieces. We had a limited choir, socially distanced, wearing masks, uh, limited choir just to do a couple of anthems, just so it had some normalcy to the to the Christmas Eve service. So we, we recorded those um, on Sunday. Uh, then on Tuesday, we recorded December 20th service, which is, uh, you know, the following Sunday. Um, then, uh, then now we're recording the party on John cast for, <laughs> which, uh, which is Thursday, the, uh, 17th, uh, the 18th, I am recording, uh, the rest of the Christmas Eve service Saturday. I am getting a tattoo and then spending the rest of my day editing the Christmas Eve service, Sunday, we're coming together to record our Blue Christmas service, followed by Monday recording uh, Sunday the 27th service. And all of this, minus the Blue Christmas service, which we are live streaming, all of this um, has to be edited. <laughs> so, like, just just try to wrap your head around that. Like, that that kind of – does that sum it up, Sal? That sums it up. Someone at, someone at work said, well, why don't you record some service services for January? So we have – and I said, yeah, if you want to gouge my eyeballs out, it, I sat in my office the last two days just trying to string services together. It's like, um, yeah, no. <laughs> the actual, let's, yeah, let's not. That's not. The actual recording of those services takes 30 minutes to an hour. The editing takes three to four hours per service. So, Sal, are you going to continue to record your coffee talks while you're uh, no longer employed at that uh, place? No, but you're welcome to subscribe to my channel. <laughs> Amen. So unless you want my, to pay me per diem rates. That's, that's right. Per diem chaplain. That's not a bad deal. Um, so basically my anticipation uh, for the year to come is that things will get back to normal at some point, you know, um, by summer or late summer, or early fall, get back to normal where we can be in person. We can begin to rebuild what has been torn down because of this pandemic. I have so many ideas of things I want to do in terms of ministry and mission in the church that um, I don't know if I can do, will be able to do, when I'll be able to do it. So so basically get back to in-person uh, worship and begin to rebuild not only attendance, but the mission and ministry of the the church. I mean, that's we've been doing mission and ministry throughout this time, but you're limited what you can do virtually. 
you know, you're limited to what you can do. We're, we're doing it. We're actively doing it. We're serving our community in vital and in ways that I'm proud of uh, throughout this pandemic. But um, but there, you're still limited what you can do. Yep. So, yeah, I anticipate going back to church and it's not going to be normal, ever going to be normal. But yeah, I miss going to church. Yeah, because you haven't been there physically in a while, right? <clears throat> the only physical church service we've been to is when we went out to have Calvin baptized out in Long Island. Okay. That's the last time I took communion in church. Gotcha. Um, but we haven't been to our our community of faith, the Episcopal Church, since <clears throat> since March. Um, Do they have online services? They've been doing um, the early services, then is streamed online, and then they've been doing an outdoor service at 11. Okay. But we just we haven't felt comfortable taking Calvin, right, right, so, right. And just recently, one of the um, one of the people on the altar guild who do the communion tested positive, so it's like mm. that's why we haven't been going. So you, you're stuck to virtual, so we're, basically. We're stuck to you know, but what it has meant for Alice and I, you know, I'm doing chapel services all week, but we just you know sit and take Calvin for a walk or, you know, if I, if I have time, I watch a little bit of church online, but it's been more, let's be a family and go do something. Right. 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 Um, yeah. So that's, that's it. That's where it is. Um, so I'm sure each and every one of our listeners has, um, has a way in which they've ended this year, 2020. Um, and, uh, and obviously, uh, have started their 2021 uh, at the time of listening to this and have expectations and anticipations. Um, now, some of us are thrilled at the elect electoral <laughs> outcome. Um, some of us are not. Some of us are, are really upset and angry about that. Uh, some, some of us are saying good riddance, air Trump. And some of us are saying, where's our president? We want him back. Um, some of us will never understand why that is, but, 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 um, but, you know, we all have our hopes, our fears, our anticipations of what's to come. But ultimately we as human beings, as can, let's think back to December, 2019. We all thought 2020 was going to be the year. It was going to be our year, right? Good riddance, 2019. Hello, 2020. Look at us now. You know, with with all the with all the, the the 2020 vision jokes we made in December 2019, you think we would have saw this coming? You you would have thought, right? And, and this is every year we wish away the the year that is uh, to welcome the year to come. I think may, maybe uh, some of us are less um, joyful about that or less ignorant to that uh, this year. But let's think about this in terms of previous years and years to come. We, we we have our hopes and anticipations. And then as the year courses onward, some, if not all of those hopes and anticipations fall by the wayside. Um, and this is an important thing for us to remember. And I can say it now because I have a beard that is brewing here that even John Calvin would be proud of. Um, and so uh, I, I feel like I'm a little more reformed with this beard or at least reformed looking. So um, th this is what, what it comes down to, folks. Th we are we we have a God who is sovereign. 
a God whose plan of salvation has been laid out and is in is at work. And uh, our hopes and our fears really are nothing more than, for the most part, our selfish human desires. Now, some of those fall in line with God and come come to be, and some of those don't. Um, I'm gonna shave that beard, Todd. You're sounding pretty Calvinist. Am, am I right? Right? Like, um, but 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 the the truth is. The truth is that we have to, as as human beings, recognize that we're limited in our sight. Our sight is never twenty twenty, and um, the Johns and agree. The Johns do agree on this, and I know John Wesley would. Uh, we have the hope and assurance to use Wesleyan language. The hope and assurance of God's salvation uh, on us. We can we can count on that because God is not a liar. Um, but but ultimately. It's what God's will is that we should be praying to come to come and be done. You know, thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, and and that's where it's at. So uh, so do you have anything to add to that, my my truly Calvinist friend? I don't. Um, we and I think it's fitting we're coming out of the season of Advent uh, before Christmas time, which is a season of hope. Yeah, uh, we can. We can have hope in God's sovereignty and his providence. Uh, you know, everything has been, uh, you know, truly believe that, um, as Paul says, God works all things for those who love him and he will see them to, to completion. Yeah. Um, yeah. Despite so I, our despite our plans, in spite of our plans. In spite of our patience. Plans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's... Um, there's a, I love, it's, it said that Calvin's motto was, uh, my heart I offer to you, Lord, promptly and sincerely. Sincerely, um, I think that's kind of <clears throat> ultimately what I think our New Year's resolution should be is just to offer our heart to the Lord promptly and sincerely because, you know, um, our plans um, are always ultimately yeah, sometimes they work out, but ultimately, unless they're aligned with God's plan, that's that. That's yeah. That. Um, so, so uh, just put your faith and your hope in God. Um, this pastor, you know, may be uncertain what the future holds uh, for his congregation or for the church as a whole globally, given this pandemic. But ultimately, whatever comes to be, God is. Yep. Whatever comes to be, Jesus Christ is Lord. Yep. And this, uh, this chaplain knows that he doesn't know what the future holds, but he knows who holds it. Amen. And not only God is, but God with us, God yep. is with us. So, uh, what more hope do we need? Uh, whatever comes to be, God is with us. Emmanuel. Yep. That's a good note to, to end it on. I think Sal. Amen. Amen. So, uh, you know, as, as always, friends, check out our episode notes. We've got some goodies in there from the things that we've discussed. Uh, cheers to you on this nice, beautiful, overly generous second glass of vodka. And, uh, <laughs> and um, uh, just, you know, remember, be excellent to each other. And don't be a jerk. Rock on. Rock on. Rock on.